Greetings. My name is Blake Schmida alongside Leo Menchetti, and welcome to the American Valor Podcast. On the American Valor Podcast, supported by the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation, our goal is to educate and inspire with acts of valor that embody the traits which National Baseball Hall of Famer and United States Chief Petty Officer Bob Feller lived by. Citizenship, service above self, and commitment to country in a time of great national need. Dear listeners, today we want to share with you a unique episode as a preview to our annual Walk for Valor and Run for Life events. We welcome today two familiar faces to the podcast in lieu of our usual hosts. Author, Navy veteran, and CEO Terry Spain joins us today and serves as our host. Our guest today is Executive Director of Mission Roll Call and Marine Corps veteran Cole Lyle. Mission Roll Call is a non-traditional advocacy group that seeks to provide veterans with a powerful, unified voice that is heard by our nation's leaders and communities in order to provide access to suicide prevention and health care, as well as amplifying the voices of non-traditional service members. Without further ado, Terry, take it away. So today we have Mr. Cole Lau. Mr. Cole Lau, on behalf of the Bob Feller Act of Valor Foundation, we would like to thank you for taking this time to join us. Yeah, absolutely, Terry. Thanks for having me. All right. So I know that uh, everyone's time is precious, but we are really excited for having you here today. And as I was doing some of my research on you, I was equally excited about all the stuff that you're doing to help veterans and their families. So uh, if it's possible, can you give us a brief insight on on yourself and how did a mission roll call begin? Sure. Well, uh, you know, I got into veteran policy back in uh, 2014. I had my own issues with post-traumatic stress and uh, actually had a suicide attempt back then. Um, I looked at what I could do differently to help mitigate my my challenges and then figure out what I wanted to do going forward. And, um, you know, as a lot of people do, they find fulfillment in in continuing to serve others and giving back. And that's kind of how they um, help deal with their own issues and is by helping others. So I did that. Um, I, uh, authored a bill called the pause act, uh, which would expand veteran access to service dogs for post-traumatic stress and, um, suicide prevention. That's how I got to DC. Uh, I advocated a lot for that bill while I was still a full-time student down in Texas. Um, then when I graduated, moved up to D.C., worked for the American Legion, uh, worked on Capitol Hill for a few years and then worked at the Department of Veterans Affairs before ultimately I you know, um, got out of government service and, and started working for um, uh, consulting for nonprofits. And then uh, this opportunity with Mission Roll Call came up and Mission Roll Call is a national um, organization that advocates for veterans on Capitol Hill, at the VA, at the White House. Uh, we poll veterans. Uh, if listeners go to missionrollcall.org, they can sign up for text and email polls. And we routinely poll our, our membership that have opted into those um, on issues under consideration by any one of those organizations that might affect them. And then we give that information to policymakers so that they can make more informed decisions. Um, our number one priority is, is veteran suicide um, and trying to advocate for policies that will increase the quality of life of veterans across the, the nation and ultimately uh, hopefully drive the the rate of veteran suicide down. All right. Thank you for that. And um, we hear the tone, the term or the phrase oftentimes pay it forward. 
And, and, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. So I definitely want to thank you for taking time to do that. Uh, I had a, a friend who um, who had committed suicide, who was also a veteran. So when I learned about your program, I was equally excited about, you know, seeing how I could contribute and how the Bob Feller Foundation can partner with you. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that as well. I also read about you and you are a United States Marine Corps veteran and Afghanistan veteran. So uh, how did that uh, how does that coincide with uh, with you being ex um, being motivated to to lead the charge? with a uh, veteran suicide and assisting families. Yeah. So one of the things I found um, when I got out and then got involved in, in uh, federal kind of policy where it relates to veterans, um, especially on Capitol Hill, uh, it is severely underrepresented uh, the junior enlisted kind of perspective and, and um, particularly anybody that's deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan in the last uh, 20 years. Um, it's a very underrepresented perspective. And, um, you know, I, I found in, in my own experience that um, suicide obviously doesn't discriminate, but certainly um, 80% of the military is is enlisted versus officer on average. Um, so it, because of my work on this and my personal uh, background, having experienced these issues, I felt like it was very important to continue work in this area uh, because I felt like, again, it was a very underrepresented uh, perspective. And then uh, last year when the Afghanistan withdrawal happened, um, I was the only person in my unit that deployed to Afghanistan that that had worked in federal policy. And so I found myself being kind of the 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 sounding board for a lot of men and women that I served with um, that were asking, like, how are we letting this happen? Why why are we botching this withdrawal so badly? And a few of my friends uh, actually I, I had to talk them down off of uh, a, a suicide. And so I could already see kind of the negative mental health effects that that was having on the community. And that's ultimately what led me to mission roll call. But I wake up every day and you know, as frustrating as as D.C., living in D.C. and working in D.C. with yes. some of these people can be sometimes, um, I wake up every day and just remember why I'm doing it. And I think uh, that helps me a, a lot uh, in in my job. Yeah. And I, uh, when you when you mentioned uh, the why you're doing it, um, the two most important days in a person's life is the day he was born and the day you figure out why. And to me, I, I believe you discovered your why. So thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, um, um, and, and like we also know about organizations such as VFW and American Legions. And I had I, I had a reading one day and, and it said something into the lines of how those organizations are struggling as it relates to membership within the young service member. So how is Mission Roll Call offering a different kind of uh, a appeal or, or to younger veterans? It's a great question, because. You're absolutely right. The the VFW and the traditional um, advocacy organizations, the American Legions, they are they're struggling to recruit a younger generation. I think it's probably for a few different reasons. Um, I think one is the younger generation of veterans. They um, they are just more active by virtue of their age, and they don't necessarily want to go to a post and kind of sit and have chew drinks and tell war stories. Um, but also, you know, there I was a member of American Legion post eight, which is um, on Capitol Hill. And um, it's a little probably younger than a lot of legions across the country. Um, but still, you know, it, it, 
is hard to get into leadership positions um, at those posts because you kind of have the old guard of, of Vietnam veterans and um, and younger that that are are reticent to really bring the global war on terror veterans into the fold and incorporate their perspectives into leadership positions at the local level. Um, I think the way that we are different and what is appealing to uh, the the younger generation and global war on terror um, veterans, number one, we're not asking for money as uh, as membership, right? We're all we're asking for is a, a very small amount of your time and your input and your your thoughts on legislation. At some of those more traditional organizations, you know, if you have an idea about how to change uh, legislation, that kind of gets filtered and vetted through your your local leadership. Um, if they think it's a good idea, you know that it'll be a part of uh, conversations at state conventions. Um, state conventions make recommendations to the national uh, committee and national conventions, and then it gets ultimately to uh, headquarters of those respective organizations and presented on Capitol Hill. So the individual veterans' voice can be filtered many times over by the time it gets to policymakers. You know, we go where veterans mostly live at this point, which is online. Um, we're on all different social platforms, except for TikTok. And, um, you know, on we do those polls through text and email. So it's really, really easy for veterans to engage with us. And, um, you know, we're just asking that you take 30 seconds. Honestly, and I think that appeals because it's a much more direct way to make your voice heard uh, to policymakers in D.C. All right. That's great. And and I'm glad that you all are finding different ways to uh, attract the younger veterans because that's definitely needed. So what are what are the primary initiatives of Mission Roll Call? So, uh, you know, suicide prevention is our number one priority. So um, as, as you know, like suicide can be caused there's no one thing that we can point to and say this is why people are are taking their lives um so when we we poll veterans um on issues relating to access to care uh we did one on the pact act um you know we talk about the va's budget um we talk we travel across the country to uh, veteran heavy areas of the country either gross numbers or per capita um and we ask how the VA, how the, how they're, um, how satisfied they are with the, their local VA offices and outreach and things like that. And um, you know, we talk to local veterans, local uh, veteran service organizations about their different approaches to this issue. Um, and we try to relay all that information. Um, as somebody who worked on Capitol Hill, you know, you deal with a lot of abstract numbers sometimes. And certainly, you know, our polls we get. Uh, thousands, tens of thousands of poll responses a month. So it is, it's data, it's a hard data point. Um, but we also want to make that data human and less abstract. Um, so we take those stories that we, uh, that we hear from veterans on the ground, uh, and, and in concert with giving that data to policymakers, uh, make it real and make it stick for them by giving human examples of um, of how that policy would affect, you know, groups in either certain states or nationally. So um, that's the biggest thing, really. And I think that's why we have um, as much uh, influence on Capitol Hill uh, as we have had, uh, just because not only do we we have actual data, but um, we're able to help 
policymakers understand the the nuanced human issues um, as it relates to that data. Um, access to care is our other big initiative, big priority. Uh, you know, our position is that veterans should be able to get the care that they need in a timely manner uh, without having to drive unreasonable distances. Um, and if they can't do that, then they should be able to see providers in the community and um, in a timely manner, right? So um, we we have seen senior officials at the VA say that they're going to kind of change the access standards on community care because it's been so successful over the last three years. Um, so we we have been part of the continuing conversation on how to protect veterans in that regard. Okay. And I know you deal with veterans quite often, but what is one of the... Uh the issues veterans are saying are the most they're most concerned about well i mean the reason suicide prevention is our number one priority is not because we as an organization have said uh you know this is what we want to tackle it's because we have heard from veterans and that's the thing that they don't feel gets enough attention um and for one reason or another it's not the issue is not dealt with with a sense of urgency like you know, we saw when the PACT Act was going under consideration, there were members on both sides who said, we need to pass this now because veterans are dying. And there's a sense of urgency about it and a, and a necessity to move forward quickly. Um, and they just don't feel that sense of urgency uh, the same way when um, they talk about veteran suicide with uh, policymakers or even, you know, friends or family that are American citizens that don't understand why this why they should care about this issue. Um, so that's the number one thing. Uh, but two, it's always that's access to care is our, our number two for a reason, because um, the reality is the VA as an organization exists to uh, provide um, health care and benefits to uh, to veterans across the country. And, you know, there's a, a saying amongst veterans that if you've been to one VA, you've been to one VA, <laughs> the, you know, experiences can vary yes. so widely from different uh, facilities. And so, you know, one of our things that we we try to do is um, ensure that veterans are, are getting the quality health care that they need for the issues that they have when they go to, to VA. And a lot of people don't realize that the VA is the largest health care system in the country. Yes, uh, it is it's huge. And healthcare is complicated enough. But when you try to organize it from a centralized location like D.C. and you have Congress that constantly passes laws to make them change how they do business or or different levels of funding or things like that it's uh it's easy to see why you know you have some horror stories on the ground in different locations because it's hard to uniformly implement uh change successfully for an organization that large so we try to not only hold va accountable but but really give uh members of congress a realistic like expectation of, you know, you can pass this if you want to, but you have to give the VA a certain amount of time to implement this appropriately before we come back and beat them up for, for not doing it. Um, or you need to provide X amount of funding for this or, or, or that sort of stuff. So it's, um, it's very, very complicated. It's a lot of work. Um, but that's, you know, like I said earlier, it's, I wake up every day and I just remember why we do it. All right. And, you know, oftentimes um, information is not disseminated properly. But what advice would you give to friends or family members of, of veterans who may be battling PTSD or, or suicide attempts or thoughts? Well, so this is an interesting conversation because 
Um, my thought is uh, obviously suicide. If you if you have a diagnosed mental health condition, that could um, I think you're predisposed to have suicidal thoughts um, at a higher rate than people that don't. But I don't. I fundamentally disagree that suicide is caused by mental health problems. Right. I think it's usually a conglomeration of a, of a lot of different things. Um, employment, uh, you know, acute financial stress. If you, you know, just had to pay five, 10 grand to replace the HVAC system in your house and, and had to take it alone. And, you know, you're already stretched for cash and all this other stuff, relationship issues. If you're having not just marital problems, but like problems with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or your son or your daughter or whatever, mother, father, whoever it is, um, can play into it. Um, so I don't, you know, I think we need to, first of all, decouple this idea that suicide is caused by mental health issues. Um, but two, you know, the thing I would say to somebody having these issues is, you know, we need you here. And you have, because of your service, even though you may be temporarily struggling with something, um, you know, turn that struggle into using the experiences that you had in the military, turn that struggle into something that can positively impact you know, your, your family, your community and your country. Um, veterans have a higher predisposition to uh, give back to their communities and nonprofits and, um, you know, uh, as firefighters or policemen or, or um, jobs like that, that have positive communal impacts. So, and the intangible lessons they learn in leadership, um, the skills they got from their actual military job, whatever that may be, um, communities, your family needs you, right? And resources are out there um, to utilize. I always make the comparison that the DOD spent a lot of time and money teaching us how to manipulate very basic weapon systems like the M16 or the M4, um, whatever it is. They taught you how to do preventative maintenance to make sure your, your gun probably won't jam, uh, but then they taught you immediate action, right? In, in case your your weapon jams, your rifle jams. Um, why would you feel ashamed of reaching out and doing preventative maintenance and doing immediate action um, on the most complicated weapon system, which is your mind, right? Mm. Um, don't feel ashamed that you need to go do these things because, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's part of the human condition that you're going to feel certain things and react certain ways. And, um, and it, it's all about figuring out how to, instead of, if you're going through these problems, you know, you got some really big highs and some really big lows. It's about taking that sine wave and making it not so stark in its ups and downs and making it kind of more steady and going a little bit this way and, and keep it on an even keel. Okay. Yeah, that's 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 definitely a great point. And you mentioned earlier that how veterans are um, um are very active within the community. Uh, I know when the veterans hear this podcast, they're going to want to know how can they get involved with MRC. And so, can you give uh everyone an, an opportunity to uh, to say how they can get involved with MRC? Yeah. So, in a couple of different ways. One, um, the the biggest thing is what we've been talking about, which is getting involved. Go to missionrollcall.org and and sign up for those text and email polls, because um, the more people we have on that list, and it doesn't matter if you're um, like where you fall on the political spectrum or anything like that. We're a nonpartisan organization. We don't 
Um, we don't we don't ask questions based on um, you know politics or whatever. It's it's always in the best interest of the veterans. So whether you're super far right or super far left or somewhere in between there, um, sign up for those polls and um, and uh, you know give us your thoughts on um, you know whatever we're polling that Congress is uh, considering or the VA is considering uh, changing to to what might affect you. That's the biggest thing because the more people we have on these lists. Um, the, the better our authority is when we go to Congress and we say, you know, we have we just did this poll where we had 10,000 or 20,000 veterans respond and 78 percent of them said this. Right. Um, so that's number one. Number two, uh, you know, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn. We have a, a large presence on each of those platforms and we routinely push out information in terms of like resources you can use. We highlight local veteran service organizations. Um, when we go on these, um, you know, local trips, we've been to Texas, Dallas area, um, L.A. and California, um, going to Montana uh, next month, Kansas. We go all over the country. Um, and it's a it's a great opportunity to interact with us when we're on the ground so we can hear your story and um, talk to local veteran service organizations. Um, and you know, if you are struggling, if you are having problems, um, we can, you go to the website, uh, again, missionrollcall.org. Um, and there's a link to, uh, the, the, um, uh, the net, what we call the network with a, um, partner organization, America's warrior partnership. You can sign up for that and find local resources across the country. If you're having, um, not just mental health problems, but any, any struggles, housing, employment, education, um, you can go on there and, and interact um, and find your local resources. But yeah, those are, those are the biggest ways. If you want to make a donation um, you can uh, do that as well. Obviously, you know, we're, we're a nonpartisan um, under 501 C3. So yeah, donations, all donations help. Um, and it goes directly to making sure your voice is heard on, on Capitol Hill. And those that want to donate, they can go on your website as well as a donate. Correct? Right. Yeah, correct. They can they can go uh, missionrollcall.org um, and they can they can donate there as well. OK. Well, Cole, um, I want to thank you definitely for coming out and, and, and speaking with us on the American Valor podcast again. We definitely appreciate that for sure. And we appreciate your support and on the foundation and a new partnership with our upcom upcoming Walk for Valor and Run for Life events. So we're excited about having you there for that as well. So we look forward to our partnership. And once again, thank you for everything that you do and thank you and continue to stay encouraged and simplify. Simplify, Terry. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Please join the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation for three days in September to support our fallen heroes and raise awareness for veteran suicide prevention through participating or sponsoring our events. The second annual main event in Patton, Maine will be on Saturday, September 10th, led by Foundation Vice President and U.S. Army Veteran, Commander Sergeant Major Steve Curtis. The Foundation will also host two annual unique events in Long Island, the Walk for Valor on Saturday, September 17th, and Run for Life on Sunday, September 18th. To learn more about how you can register or support virtually, please visit the Bob Feller Active Valor War Foundation's website at www.activevalorward.org slash walk for valor and click on the individual events at the bottom of the page three events for one vital cause to our listeners this concludes this episode of the american valor podcast this conversation is brought to you by the bob feller active valor award foundation 
the Department of the Navy, Major League Baseball, USAA, BWXT, Huntington Ingalls, and the Cleveland Guardians. Please feel free to leave your comments in the comment section below and connect with the Bob Feller Active Valor Award Foundation on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Active Valor Award. You can engage with the foundation at activevalorward.org. There, you can learn more about Bob Feller, Jerry Coleman, recent nominees of the awards, view pictures, and sign up for updates, including the American Valor podcast and more. For Blake Schmida, Liam Manchetti, and everyone at the American Valor podcast, thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.